Uh, I need a legal ruling from the food court. Okay. We can lead into that very easily. Got it. Next. Uh, uh, the I can food talk about court. Some... Oh my god, did you just rename it the food court? <laughs> oh man, I didn't think about that, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen. JJ. Yes, hello. Michael. I'm here. Where you are here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Andy. We're podcasting. A podcast. 320 episodes in. And we don't have a good intro because it's just hangout time. Right? That's it. Welcome to We Were Gamers. Just get get in here. Get Sit down. Enjoy my story about falling off of a rock climbing wall. I can't tell. Oh, man. Oh, hold. Shoot. I was about to make a snide joke about how the, the intro is like. I can't tell if the intro is like Riker pulling up the chair and like turning it around to sit down and be like, hey, fellow kids. And then like Andy's like, well, actually, I fell off a rock climbing wall. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like what? my intro is one part Riker, one part Captain America. Um educational video and who who else does weird stuff to chairs uh i'll get back to you fun anecdote uh do you know why Riker sits down into those chairs weird i i do but you should tell the people because maybe for folks that, michael probably knows too actually i've heard the story yeah, yeah. okay yeah but for folks that may not know it's a good enough you know, story you should just tell it when when Riker sits down in star trek he always turns the chair around and like sits down weird in them uh and, oftentimes stepping does. over the back of the yeah, chair to get in like a chair. weird in a weird way that's not like a normal person sitting in a chair he like lifts his leg up and does this thing it's like uh, a, a hurdle straddle yes and, and most of the time sometimes he spins it before he does it yeah it just depends on you know whether he's trying to be super cool or he's just sitting down yeah uh and so john the way jonathan frakes uh the the actor who played Riker tells the story is that he has like some kind of injury in his leg right that like basically means he can't sit in chairs normally like he can't do that movement with his leg and hip and so this is how he sits in chairs <laughs> like that's just what he does and it just became a character trait of the character which is yep. like amazing it's pretty great uh i know the third chair so it's it's Riker chair sit Captain America, Hello Kids, and then the Jason Momoa camping chair flick. That's that's oh, yeah, my okay. that's my three part chair intro. Or uh, how much of it is GI Joe PSA versus Captain America Kids? I guess those are the same thing, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. You, you okay. know what? Neither. If I have to do uh, actual PSA, like favorite PSA, it's definitely end of uh, uh, Masters of the Universe, nineteen eighties uh okay. orco okay. orco tells the kids what the lesson was from this episode because some of yeah. them some of them are like you should never talk to strangers they're gonna kill you on the street <laughs> in that good I mean, orco i voice. guess that's good advice i mean we literally Thanks, orco. <laughs> sometimes we have watched them and uh my wife and i will sit there as the kids are listening to the lesson and both stare at each other with very wide eyes like ooh. 
this has been taught in a more nuanced way recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out the uh, the 80s weren't the most sensitive times. Yeah. As they then made a cartoon of RoboCop, one of the most violent movies of the night of the 80s. Yeah. Well, at least Paul Verhoeven didn't make it all the time. Man, our Comic-Con, I don't know if I told you, but like we wanted to watch RoboCop the first night and I could not find it streaming anywhere without paying. Um, I have it at home. Obviously, I have the Criterion version and all that. No, don't don't at me because I love RoboCop. But uh, so I, we ended up watching a Paul Verhoeven marathons of like, you know, Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers was number one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did fall off a rock climbing wall, actually. That's a true story. Uh, I didn't get injured. It was in a gym. Uh, I was going to say, are you okay? Yes. No. Uh, I went I went to try and be more active this weekend. I don't know about you guys. Before this podcast, actually, I tried out the new rowing machine we've got. Turns out my knees uh, need some warming up these days, you know? Mm-hmm. A little massage. A little, a little Yeah, they're a little, little uh, creaky and painful in that motion so uh it's a good time to maybe start getting some exercise in there if you haven't put on this podcast and then go for a walk around the neighborhood you know or whatever and then lay down i know yeah then lay down anyway uh we're gonna table the food discussion from last week because this week is too busy uh so you have more time to get your emails in podcast we were gamers.com what is humanity's greatest contribution to food Is that about yes. the, the sum up of it, right? Like th- our greatest contribution to food is not eating oranges because uh, anybody could eat an orange, right? Like if, if an alien yeah. showed up on this planet, they pick it off a tree and then they've eaten an orange. Yeah. Yeah. Man-made food thing. Man-made. Man-made in the sense of almost even processed, but not necessarily. Uh, yeah. Processed. Humans have to intervene somehow. Mm-hmm. More than selective breeding, I think. So you can't say tangellos either. Yeah. yeah okay. That yeah. seems fair. Like right. Wheat is not gonna ca- not gonna cut it here. Well, yeah. I mean, like any GMO, right? Like, oh yeah. Well, I I I choose GMO flaxseed because <laughs> <laughs> it makes the most oil in the world. You know, that's dumb. No soybeans. The f- the fun of this was the impetus of saying uh, cheese tomato and bread is the greatest combination of food ever and we said well what's what's really the greatest thing we've brought to food moving on yes. jj has decided that we all need to go meet at the sparrow and uh convene the food court yes although i don't know that that gives the correct legal proceeding feeling that you're uh, looking for here. i mean so if we- you <laughs> if you are not ruling from behind the counter of a sabaro we aren't in food court I was going to say, we have we have the Law & Order done done, but it's the bells from Taco Bell. Well, I'm going to have to write that note down, because i got to put that uh, in the podcast now. Thanks a lot. going to be real good. Uh, really excited to hear this now uh, uh-huh. in the final version. Um, so I needed a... I don't think we need the full tribunal, the full panel. We don't need a ruling here. But I, I'm looking for some legal opinions. Uh uh, my wife and I had a discussion. I don't know how we got on this topic, um, but I, I can't explain too much or I'm going to give away like one of the sides or the other. Okay. But I want you guys to think in your head when I say a mint, 
My eyes are closed. I'm picturing a mint. Okay. Now, uh, each of you have just have figured out what this is, hopefully. A mint. Yeah. yeah, I've got it. Now, describe what a mint is. I'm picturing more like a icebreakers style round thing with uh, flecked flavored like peppermint or uh, ice. What is the blue mint that they use in those things? Uh, or, spearmint. Uh, yeah, spearmint. Yes. Spear or, or winter, yeah. Yeah, winter green, those flavors. Uh, or, you know, like um, uh, Trader Joe's has them in little tins at the front, and they taste like berries sometimes. Something small, larger than a Tic Tac. I don't think Tic Tacs are mints. Tic Tacs are candy disguised as a mint. It's almost like the Pez of candy of mints, right? Like, Pez <laughs> isn't really candy. Uh, okay. So, it, you're thinking of, like, a breath mint. Breath yeah. If I was thinking, a, a, if someone asked me a mint, if asked me for a mint, I would hand them a breath mint of an icebreaker size. I don't know okay. if Michael disagrees with that, but we we need. Uh, yeah, to get... I went I went straight to Altoids. Altoid, okay, yeah, a little bit on the. Uh, okay, so Michael's see, this is Michael's in... in it for the for the uh, the ginger flavor, right? Like, not, obviously, Altoids are not ginger, but um. Oh, they have a ginger flavor, but they they do. Oh, that's cool. But yeah. Altoids focus is like. Uh, not a time release situation. Altoids is the wasabi of mint. Yeah, they're they're gonna yes. hit you with the mint, right? And I don't feel like I don't use Altoids because I don't feel like they actually freshen your breath. Hmm. Personally, uh, so this is interesting that both of you went this direction okay. because the discussion that my wife and I had was: when you picture a generic mint, what do you think of? And I picture like like an Andes chocolate mint, one of those little squares. That's a mint chocolate. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. However, if you said a mint, I would call that Andes thing a mint. Hmm. And the other, my my wife's picture is a peppermint, one of those circles in the plastic wrappers. Oh, yeah, that counts. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's more like a we- icebreaker. Uh, but, I mean, that it is also candy, right? Like, oh! I don't know. Are, I mean, they're in bro, the dish. Those are sh- mostly sugar. Sure, like, sure. I mean, but they're in the dish at the front of the restaurant for the breath freshening, right? Right. In a similar place that sometimes those Andes chocolate mints are, right? Well, if, yep. I mean, by that by that uh, logic, if you're just saying whatever's at the front of the restaurant is a mint, then those barrels of root beer are also a mint. And I would say that's decidedly candy. I mean, I agree with you that that's has, decidedly candy. It has something to do with the flavor, which gives the Andes Look, mint some mint, latitude. Yeah. The mint, the minty flavor is an essential part of the taste of the thing. And if right. it doesn't have that, it could not possibly be a mint. But the thing, the thing is you're saying that, that a peppermint is candy and it's not, it's literally called a peppermint. I'm saying that if you said mint and didn't say peppermint, I wouldn't think of that circular thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I wouldn't think of breath mints unless you said breath mints. Oh, no. When you say just a mint, I Uh. think of that chocolate square. Nope. I think, I mean, Michael. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just going to say that I have a broader definition than you do when I just think of um, a mint generically. So I, I think that I 
I'm not saying none of these things are also mints. I'm saying that if without any context, which is why I worded this question the way I did. Yeah. If I just asked you, what do you think of first when you think of a mint? I think of something that you suck on and not chew. Okay. Like like a peppermint or a Altoid. Like something that's going to sit in my mouth to help my breath is what anyone would say, what, what I would expect to hand someone if they ask me for a mint. Yeah, because I wouldn't consider, like, a piece of spearmint bubblegum to be a mint. Right. I think I think it is fair. So, the, the key is, like, what is a mint, right? I like, think the, 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 chewy, the definition of the mint. I, there are probably chewy mints out there that I don't know anything about. Um, but the chocolate chewy nature of an Andes mint would not bring it to the forefront of my brain unless you ask for a mint chocolate. Yeah, I... I don't know why I have that connection in my brain, but I, I can't not think of that first. I just, that is always comes to me as the first thing. And then because then 90% of the time someone doesn't just say, can I have a mint? They say, can I have a breath mint or a peppermint or a chocolate mint? Right. And then all doubt is resolved and you give them the thing they want. But if you That's ask fair. for just a mint, now I'm confused. And I'm like, well, I don't have any mints. Oh, but I have these breath mints. And then people look at me weird. <laughs> hmm. So I I accept that this is a weird thing, personally, about <laughs> myself. I'm just trying to understand, like, what are the breadth of opinions? Because both my wife and I had different opinions of what a, first we thought of as a mint than both of you who... You know, think of like, you know, the, the breath mint side. We didn't, neither, that didn't occur to either of us hmm. initially. I hmm. count a peppermint as a breath mint personally. But I, but I understand your argument candy that in my candy. mind, but like, yeah. But hey, like either way, right? Pe- so like, yeah, that's a, <laughs> it falls in line with the Andes mints in my mind because it is also candy. <laughs> <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Oof. Anyway, okay. that was my uh, food court dilemma. Uh, again, I don't know that like I'm will. I mean, y- y'all can convict me if you want, but I'm not <laughs> no. changing my opinion. No, 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 not for that. I don't. I think that's a different interpretation of the rules, and then someone else other than us must come up with the law. You know. Mm-hmm. So email podcast we were gamers dot com. Yeah, uh, it, look if there's some other kind of mint that no one has considered here, please email because this topic is interesting. I think if no one else thinks it, that's fine. But let no, me know. No, I'm English interested. English in that way is interesting, where we have shortened many words to mean the same thing. Yeah, really, really, the answer is, folks, don't shorten your words. Like, use more words to describe <laughs> things. It helps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be the strength of our language as well. Hmm. Hmm. Speaking of the strength of language, Michael, how good of a job have they done translating Octopath Champion of what? Champions of the Continent. Okay. Because that game has been going in Japan a little while, right? So it's been out in Japan since November of 2020. So they're, they're coming up on two years here pretty soon. Why are we just getting this? Because it took that long to translate it. To localize it? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they delayed it just because it took that long or if, uh, I mean, COVID may have played a large part in that. Because, uh, you know, Square Enix did go through a bunch of reorganizations lately. So, Oh, yeah, fair. Good point. 
They is there uh, voice acting? Yes. So there is voice acting in this. Um, it is. It's all in Japanese, um, but all the all the oh, subtitling so they, is in is in English. So they only uh, localize the subs. Okay. Yeah, they localize the text. All right. Well, you know, it's a mobile game, um, and until you're sure it's making money, don't spend any money, right? Yeah. They're not going to patch in English localization later. That seems unlikely. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. I didn't mean to imply that. I just meant that um, it, it, you don't pre-spend a million dollars relocalizing oh, the yeah, game okay, okay. audio before you know it's going to make money. And then once it's making money, uh, you don't waste it on something that people won't care about because it wasn't there. Yep. So Right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but no, I like listening to it in the in Japanese with the subs, um, and where I, I'll start with where listening to it is concerned, the uh, the music is great, which uh, I should probably say that I I still have not played the original, but that was one of the things um, the music and the art were the two things that everyone talked about about being the things that shown uh, in the original, and they're equally well done in this um though it is just a mobile game okay i I really want to point out the like small irony here that michael says he hasn't actually played octopath traveler and is playing the mobile game based on octopath traveler but the but octopath traveler in general is also just based on bravely default so um octopath traveler really got its name from the the story based part of it really you know so i don't know based on quote unquote it is it's just using the same universe to my understanding it's like a final fantasy almost it's a it's a prequel oh okay to my oh i didn't know that it was i didn't know that i didn't know that either i thought it was just like hey we used the battle system and art style cool guys no it's it's set in the same world and some of the characters from the main game show up in in this as well later on all right got it so um Uh, I think Octopath Traveler is currently on sale on the Square Enix sale on GOG, maybe? Just FYI, in case you care to try that game. It didn't get great reviews, I will say that. Uh, I don't have time to have tried it, so... Yeah, I, I think, understand. Oh, go ahead, Michael. I was going to say, I I think what I've heard is that the there were some quirks of the combat system that made parts of the game really grindy. And then on top of that, the the idea of taking eight separate characters yeah. and mashing them together felt forced in terms of the story. Well, so, so those two things together lost a lot of people. I will quote a friend of the pod, Ryan, who told me about his down. He play, he beat the whole thing, but his <laughs> review uh, on the negative side, there was plenty of positive to say, was that since you could do the story kind of in any order, it didn't feel like any of the characters mattered. Right. Um, yeah, that's a, there was, hmm. there was also some weirdness with, um, and we've talked about this before, some stuff in Japan. That's okay. And some stuff, uh, in America, when you look at that and you say, Hmm, that doesn't feel good in terms of, uh, I don't know how to put it. Cultural differences. Cultural uh, acceptance of people of the night. Okay, that's it. Okay. Let's move on with that. 
Well, so one of the one of the things that I have seen a lot of people say so far about Champions of the Continent is that it fixes both of those missteps from the original. So the story makes more sense as to why you are a random group of people pulled together. Is that because um, it's a free-to-play mobile game and those work in a linear fashion to gate you? So it's it is the yeah we should i should say that it is a gotcha game um but i think that it is a much lighter touch than you would expect from a game when you hear that used as a descriptor so to start with um there's there's kind of consensus on two characters that you want to you want to pull um one as your one as your party leader and then one with the initial pool of resources that the the game gives you because it's it's just starting out um and so a lot of a lot of players are uh re-rolling to try and get those two characters oh uh fire emblem heroes time j michael or jj oh yeah i mean this is like how remember? these games work uh, i mean oh, yeah. i remember sitting there for two hours just deleting the game and reinstalling the game and playing the game again and deleting the game and reinstalling the game just to mm-hmm. see who the starting characters were you could get those s characters if you really really tried yep so the nice the nice thing about this one is that you are guaranteed there are only eight of them uh eight five-star characters to start the game you're guaranteed one of them right off the bat oh that's Um, nice right and because there are only eight if you don't like the one you got it's really fast to just back well it's really fast on android to back out of it clear your data and basically start over uh Um, yeah so on on an iphone you will have to delete the app entirely yes yeah so it's a little more of a process on uh on iphone if you want to go through it um, but a lot of people I've seen comment that they just went with what they got and have still been enjoying the game just fine. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, as, so as people have learned more, I think, about uh, making these games work and not burning people out, you know, they probably are looking at it more uh, passionately, maybe. Compassionately was the word I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the fact that this one, it, so again, I'm I'm looking for Michael's reviews, but the things I have seen and online about it have said that, hey, the nice thing about this one compared to some of these other ones is that it's a single player game, and therefore you are not you don't have to compete online against other people who have spent a bajillion dollars and also who have characters that you've never heard of because they pay money. And also have like thousands of items and billions of hours played, right? Well, you don't have to compete against them at all. Right. You don't have to, but can you? Because most no. of these games try no. to make you no. do that. There's no there is no online component. Okay. Well that there's oh, an well, online component because sorry. it's a, a right. mobile, there's no multiplayer yeah. or like MMO component. Yeah. Not there's no way that. to see other people's stuff other than like through friends and summons of that nature. But oh, okay. you, it only helps you. It doesn't you're not like against them ever got it is the thing that i have heard so how far have you gotten michael that's what i want to know uh so i have i've already put in about 25 hours um 
And it's been really good so far. The uh, At the start of the game, there are three main um, storyline paths. And each one of them has three chapters. And getting through each of the three, so the nine story beats, um, is kind of like the first portion of the game. And then there's one concluding story to that. And that's the first chapter. And then the game opens up from there. So I have finished the three story paths and I'm about to start that, that last piece of the chapter. Okay. And how much time did you spend rerolling a couple, an hour or two? <laughs> no, to get those I, good characters? I got, I got fortunate. It only took me a couple of hours. I, I, the game came out last Monday night. Um, and I spent a little while on Monday night. I spent a little while just reading about it, um, the subreddit and watching a couple of videos and then dove into it myself once I had an idea of, okay, this is what I want to try for. These are the, the characters that I want. Um, and I tried for a couple hours the night it came out. And then within like 20 minutes of playing the next morning, I actually managed to snag both of the ones I was after. And at that point I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going. Oh, so for me, it was it was pretty painless. And so then how easy or hard are there like difficulty settings, I guess? And no, there is just one difficulty to it. Uh, it is what it is. OK. And so then how difficult have you found it to be? So each area when you enter it uh, and each uh, chapter or side quest that you pick up has a recommended level associated with it. And if you keep your characters relatively at the recommended level, then it's a it's a pretty it's pretty well balanced. Like you're not going to feel like you're struggling to keep up at any point. Uh, and it does the difficulty does adjust a little bit at times. So when you get to the the last chapter of each of the those first three paths, the first one that you pick has uh, say a recommended level of 20 and then the next two, whatever they are, the recommended level actually bumps up a tick. So the next ones will be 21. Okay. Cause they'll expect you to have done some stuff in between those or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's yeah, not that's... completely fixed, but it also doesn't, uh, it doesn't 100% scale with you getting stronger. Either. That reminds me a little bit of the, the, um, fire emblem thing too you could kind of skirt the numbers you know yeah uh so what they what they did apparently fix and what i really like is the combat system in this so your party is your active party on screen is eight characters uh which is convenient because there are eight classes so if you want one of each class you can do that in a party or you can specialize that's cool um, that's a good yeah. choice and so it works on a, uh, you guys will appreciate this as, as card game players, it works on a frontline backline mechanic. Oh man, this is like shades of Suikoden. Give, give it to yeah. me. So your frontline, uh, your frontline four characters are the ones who can act in any given turn. And your back row characters are just passive, but being in the back row every turn, they regen 10% health, 10% uh, stamina, stamina points. Oh, okay. So, like, get in the back. Take care of yourself. Right. You heal up in the back. There's, as far as I'm aware, there is no 
enemy in the game that is able to interact with your back line. Are you... Uh, is it an action to move people between lines? There, well, so the easiest way to do it, there is a button at the bottom in the, uh, in the attack screen that just says switch all. But does that and take it automatically turn or something or just no? No. So switching is just the, the opening before whatever your action is on a given turn. Dang. That's so really the, generous. the switch is free. Yeah. yeah. Um, it feels like though, that's probably intentional because I bet there are monsters with some really gar- ball like uh, i'm trying not to use bad words <laughs> uh, some really messed up moves that are like you're going to want to have like oh they just took all my characters down to one health or something like yes that happened to everyone me. is everyone <laughs> is switching now oh did it really wow yeah there's one of the one of the bosses in the first storyline has an, a move that drops your character to one hp whoopsie it's like you're going to be sitting in the back line for a while Guess we need the other people to do some work here. One yep. of the classes is healer, though, right? Uh, there are a couple of classes that have access to healing skills, but yes, one of the one of the classes is cleric, and they can have... you interact between rows? Like my cleric can heal the back row, or no? Um, usually, it's just that your cleric can heal the front row when in the front row. Um, there are some passive abilities that give boosts to if the character with the passive is in the back row it'll give a boost to the character or characters in the front row okay that's interesting so a character is basically like while they're healing back there or maybe not like they're giving support or something to the one in front yep so the thing you have to strategize is that when you switch you can only switch a character with the character who's standing directly behind them so all your characters are in twos down the screen and they just switch back and forth. So you can't switch someone who's at the top of the screen in the back for someone who's at the bottom of the screen in the front. Oh, that makes a big difference. It's just a move forward, move back thing. I like it. Interesting. Makes okay. Uh, and then the last, well, the, the last two wrinkles, one, uh, there are, um, eight weapons and six elements and each enemy is weak to certain combinations. Oh, boy. Um, as represented by a little bar underneath their um, their health bar. Let me uh, guess. Those are done with gems that you have to get out of the gotcha system. No. Oh. No, as soon as, you, as soon as you hit them with their weakness, it fills the box in. Okay. And then one of the classes has the ability to reveal boxes. Where is the gotcha system getting you in this? Because the combat so, sounds great. Yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's, I'll say there's one more wrinkle to the combat, which you'll appreciate, Andy, and it's the, it's the most bravely default part of it, which uh, is yeah. that he hasn't, he hasn't gotten to the best thing. Yeah. Here, so every turn you gain, uh, your characters on their little status um, block have uh, five little circles. Yep. Um, and each turn they gain an added glowing circle. Yep. And for each circle, you can consume one of them to boost your turn. So either stronger hits or more hits. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, so if you system is more like, look, I'm just going to take three turns or I'm going to take no turns sort of deal. Not like boosting or anything like that. But this, this has the effect though. It sounds like in, this is something else I saw when I was reading about the game is that you can do the bravely default thing where you alpha strike the crap out of the enemies, Andrew. Oh, yes, I believe you can. You, I can. Believe. you only get, you only get one boost right at the start of, of a battle. 
Okay. Um, but you gain, you gain an extra circle any turn that you are not using a boost, right? So you can't use three circles of boost and then get a circle back at the end of that turn. There's a, a one turn cooldown for using the boost. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a system I like. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, it's the combat. Uh, the combat is great. It flows really, really well. Um, there's a there's a speed up button, so you can run the combat at two x speed, which you should if you're running the combat because it can feel just a little slow at the regular speed. But it's still kind of turn ish based, so it doesn't matter if you go two x speed, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is still yeah. turn based. So you pick everyone's actions, and then your whole team it goes. Yeah, you should always run it at the fastest speed. <laughs> It's just the, you mean it's just the speed of the animations, animations right, Michael? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, skip all animations after the first hour. That's my opinion. I've seen him when you do get a when, when you get a sweet new spell or skill, don't run it at max speed. Yeah. Look at it one time and then be sure. like, all right, cool. Back uh-huh. up. And it's nice back that it's just, it's an on-screen toggle, so you don't have to go into the settings to change the speed. Perfect. You can do it on the fly in the middle of a fight. Perfect. Um, is there anything else to mention? Oh, uh, fleeing always works, which is a, a fun difference for anyone who's played a console RPG. It certainly, uh, makes you feel a little better. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, my strategic decision is to run away. I'm not allowed. And now I'm dead. Oh, great. Versus, oh, my strategic decision to run away was the right one. Uh, but you asked about where where's the gotcha? Yeah, where do they where do they get you with the gotcha? You know because so you have you have daily quests which are a hallmark of, of gotcha games, right? Yeah. Um, but the daily quests are not they're not super time consuming. You can get everything done. Um, there's one thing I haven't unlocked yet, but you can get everything else done in ten to fifteen minutes. Wow! Um, and just be done with your your dailies if that's where you want to stop. Um, but where, where it really comes in is, um, there are two resources, um, leaves, which are your gold and then rubies and the rubies are the gotcha currency and they are used to pull, to summon new characters to your party. Um, and so that's, that's the part that's randomized. So there's not an unlimited number of rubies for you to collect. It could um, take a long time. That's what I'm hearing. Right. To get all the characters, um, if that's what you care about. But you don't have to. Um, the main game, um, and the, the developer said this in, in an interview, the main game is intended to be balanced such that you can get through it with a, just about any party, um, as long as you know what you're doing. Um, you'll have a much easier time with stronger characters and with diversity of classes. Um, but really just about any group that you pull can get through, uh, the main story, which is meant to be about 60 hours worth of content, which for a free mobile game. Sure. Yeah, Not if, you don't, if you don't feel like you've invested a ton, you know, 60 hours yeah. is, I mean, that's Octopath Traveler. The real one. It's a full game, yeah. All right. Well, I think we're all free to make our own decisions now. <laughs> Thanks for taking yeah. the the very light uh 
It sounds like it wasn't too much of a ask, but thank you for doing it anyway, where we were both kind of like, I don't know if I want to try this. You try. <laughs> yeah, you know, as as someone who has been regularly playing a gotcha game that is very soon here about to wrap up, it actually, the timing worked out really well. Yeah. I am, uh, I may try this for a bit, and uh, you should give me your friends-ness or whatever, Michael, once I eventually get a party, because... I'm gonna have to re-roll a bunch, probably. So I'll I will send you JJ a I'll send you a Reddit thread that has a link to three three or four videos um, that you'll want to watch and or skim before you start, and it'll give you a pretty good feel for these are the things that people say you should go for and why. All right, give me the yes, do this. Give him those deets, JJ. Yes, hello. Give us the deets on your RPG problem. Hey, problem? Who said problem? Not me. Uh, I heard problem when you said this. I, who I could heard it. who could hear that? Why would you assume <laughs> that RPGs are a problem, Andrew? That's so close-minded of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, certainly my time management will be a problem because mm-hmm. I don't got time for this stuff. But there's no problem here. Uh, I completed Final Fantasy VII Remake. I completed the DLC for it. Um, hey. Uh, people should play that DLC. Wow. Uh huh. Yep. Ah, I heard. I heard that. And then when you told me that uh, in a private conversation, I think we didn't talk about it on the podcast. We were like, "Ah, eh, DLC, whatever." People say, you know, you need to play it, the DLC. You don't need to play the DLC. Uh, I heard that it was kind of important. So I mean, I, it's hard to know how important it is without knowing what happens, you know, next in the story in the game they haven't made. Uh, but. There's definitely some stuff in that DLC that was pretty cool. It is definitely a side story. Sure. I could definitely see how it's possible that the stuff in that story is not critical to the plot of the next game. I think if you invested the amount of time that people invest in Final Fantasy VII and you're going to play the remake and you're going to play three more games of it or whatever, however many there are, maybe get the integrated version and play it. Uh, that way yeah probably that's what i would say yeah if you are if you like final fantasy 7 enough to have played the first one all the way through and really enjoy your time with it you would enjoy the dlc also um but that's not the rpg i was referring to i then for some reason i truly can't explain why uh decided to install dragon's dogma dark arisen oh yeah i mean that game okay. gets talked about all the time it's classic it yeah, it does. Uh, have either of you guys played this game? I I have not. it in PlayStation Three and on Steam, and I still haven't touched it. Yeah, so PS Three is where it originally came out. I don't know if it ever did come to Xbox eventually. Maybe it did. I do not know. Um, made by Capcom. Uh, it is on PC. I believe I must have got this for like five dollars. I it regularly on Steam goes on sale for eight dollars. Uh, okay. It is not currently on Game Pass. Uh, this is one of those games that like then people who like really like RPGs and, and Souls games talk about randomly. And I never played it, and I was like, you know, eh, I'm not quite ready to commit to Xenoblade 3. I will eventually do that, but I'm not ready yet. Uh, let's like, what I, what do I got on here that I could play? And then I installed Dragon's Dogma. Uh, this game has some of them, like, everything I read about this game is like, 
man, the combat in this game is so cool. All the systems are really sweet. Uh, wow, the story is really bad. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, and like the story just feels like after the like amazing start, it just like kind of like immediately face plants. Uh, the start of the story, like within the first like, you have a little tutorial area where you're going to fight a big dragon, and then in the like first cutscene after the tutorial area, the dragon attacks your village and rips out and eats your heart. Oh, okay. That's a bad day. You see the dragon with like a little beating heart on his claw, and he like says some you know words in a magic language or whatever, and then eats your heart. (laughs) Man, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then like immediately, like you know the you know your character passes out and then wakes up again on the beach where they were, wounds seeming to have healed. Magic. You're alive, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They then like oh you know the. The person who he, who you know helped you back to the you know the the house is like oh but I can't hear their heart beating. Uh, what does that mean? All right, well no no more story now. All right, time to go do a bunch of random quests. Uh, yeah, so it like falls on its face pretty immediately. Uh, like a cool premise, but then like kind of hasn't done anything with it. I've only played several hours, um, so I'm not like deep deep in. Supposedly, I have not hit the first like really huge major city of this game. But the thing that is cool is the combat. And this game has, like, maybe this is, like, Monster Hunter influence from Capcom or something. Um, But, you know, you have your, like, kind of light attack, heavy attack buttons. Uh, You have a button that lets you sheathe and draw your weapons. Just cool. Like, if you have your weapons drawn in town, like, people will, like, get scared of you and shopkeepers won't sell stuff to you. Uh, And... Yeah, you have another button labeled grab. It's on the trigger. What does grab do? Oh, you have a jump button. Also, by the way, that's like rare for these sorts of games. Okay. All right. What does grab let you do? Grab I mean, objects. So you can do that. Yes, you can like pick up rocks yeah. uh, or, you know, barrels or whatever. Uh, you can hold enemies, like grab them and hold them in place. Interesting. Yeah, like the goblin or whatever is running around. Um, you tend to have a party of people with you. Uh, they call them pawns, and they're like That's AI-controlled subtle. companions. <laughs> yeah. They're AI-controlled companions. They don't, like, in-universe, don't have free will, except if you're there. It's weird. Like, like I said, the lore is kind of all over the place. Sure. Um, but they, like, learn and do stuff on their own, so if you grab enemies, they will, you know, come up and attack them while you're holding them in place. But what's really sweet is when you fight big enemies, grab lets you climb. Perfect. You can climb on the back of the Hydra and stab them in the head. The manticore with the snake tail and the wings, you can climb on the back of and chop the snake head off. That would it is be extremely big. cool. <laughs> uh so you see one of those uh, in the tutorial area. Like one of the first fights is a manticore with like, you know, a goat head and a lion head and a snake head. Uh, and it's extremely cool. Like that fight is really cool. You, teaches you like, hey, climb on the back to the stab the enemy. And all the pawns, meanwhile, are like shouting combat advice and like telling you how to do stuff. They're like, ah, I've learned that it hates fire. Use your fire. Or, I've learned that I can climb it here. Watch. And like, 
these sorts of things. It maybe it will get old after a while. I don't know. Um, but so far the combat system has been really sweet. And I have heard uh, on the internet that some of the builds you can get into are like really, really, really cool. The like magic archer build is supposed to have a whole bunch of like really crazy arrows that you can fire that do all sorts of like magic stuff. The rogue thief. I don't know what the name of the classes are. <laughs> the one that uses the double daggers uh, double dagger. has a lot of really has a lot of really cool uh, stabbing and, you know, thiefing is invisibility type moves. Uh, and the wizards apparently are like crazy powerful in this game also. Um, so I'm excited to try that out and like uh, keep going in it a little bit. It's been interesting so far. Think you'll stick with it all the way through uh, given the story prompts. I don't know. There is, it is apparently quite a long game uh, and the dark arisen part of it is a, apparently like a big DLC Island they added full of like max level monsters that are, you know, like, really cool fights but like not really related to the story at all Mm -hmm. um i don't know we'll see it probably is going to depend on like how cool i think my classes are and like how that stuff goes uh it does autosave but like kind of in the way a ps3 game might where like it only does it at certain places and then you know you can hard save uh through the menu but if you die uh you are going back to the last autosave or the last time you hard saved so uh consider using it Save often. <laughs> Save often. Cool. Yeah. I'm pretty convinced, you guys, that her mm-hmm. Forza Horizon is an RPG. I'd believe it, based on sure. some of the stuff yeah. you've said in the past. The combat is driving cars, but, like, you get experience, you level up, and you have Car- to manage. bat. Combat. Don't make don't make jokes, buddy. There's a battle royale integrated into the game. I just found it. Okay. <laughs> it's called well, the Eliminator. Okay. And if you go into that mode, it takes like thirty no, forty people. It puts them onto the map, and you have to stay inside the gas, just like every other battle royale. But if another car comes up to you, they challenge you to a race, and then you have to race to another point on the map. Okay. And whoever gets there okay. first uh, wins, and the other one is battle royaled out of the game. So okay, you know, interesting. It wasn't terrible. I had to do it for. Uh, I I wanted to talk about Forza for a second because I did finally figure out the seasonal stuff that they do in that game. It it is a mess. It is badly organized it looks like a teenager who designs phone apps on the weekend decided how to tell you what to do um i i still don't quite understand it like currently it is the autumn season in the game and if you go to the seasonal tab called the forza playlist because why not call it the seasons tab even though it is literally marked as seasons summer winter autumn you know what i mean like we're gonna call it the force of playlist but it's seasons and then the seasons are seasons inside of that and on the seasons tab it shows you just a bunch of gigantic pictures with a little text that is very cryptic underneath it and uh maybe you can figure out that The first three things on the screen require you to scroll to the right five times so you can find the thing that you have to do before you can do the first three things on the screen. It is organized by a chimpanzee. 
Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a mess. Like in the current season, right? There's a gigantic screen that says there's a five five chapter story that you need to do with the Jaguar I-Pace car because it's the season of electric or whatever. Well, how do you get a Jaguar I-Pace car? Well, I got to scroll, scroll past all the race missions, all this missions, that missions, are all just little tabs and pictures and whatever to the one that says, if I drive around this place and find these items and smash them with a car, I get a Jaguar I-Pace. It's like, it's nonsensical. Anyway, just in just in case you were wondering, uh, I think I found a very organic endpoint to that game, which is that they have these things called adventure chapters, which are basically the big set pieces that are designed to take you throughout most of the map and do crazy things like fly air gigantic sea tanker airplanes right above you, you know. That stuff. Okay. These are like the like cool action guy moments or something. Exactly. Or like the let's go find the street racers and race the street racers in the huge set piece through the city sort of thing, you know, and it's going to end in front of the church and whatever. This is the scene of Paul Walker and Vin Diesel driving up to the local street racing scene and saying like, let's race for pinks. Some, some people really just can't get over uh how popular they think the nsx should be or the skyline pretty cool cars man i have four skylines because the game thinks i want skylines (laughs) it's like clearly you've done a lot of this game you must love the the skyline because you love the cars and it's like no really i'm happy driving this 1968 uh mustang that i kitted out to be an s-class car instead of a b-class car and i painted it like the bullet car i'm happy just leave me alone that's my opinion i think i think you've missed the on-ramp they were expecting (laughs) you to take there and uh maybe off the path a little Blaze, blaze your own trail you know and they let you so you know 1968 mustang drifts real good solid rear axle probably helps yeah um this is a good it's a, still a good game but the seasonal stuff good lord uh, i it's like they've never seen a battle pass you know <laughs> like, like every game's doing this and you've got whatever that you're doing over here is a mess um i didn't play horizon that much this week you guys uh, no, because something came in the mail that we need to talk about for a few minutes. Are you ready? Are you ready, kids? I I Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Steam Deck. Finally, it's uh, here. My voice arrived. My voice sounded probably really lame there. I I've got a Steam Deck. That's better. Got a Steam Deck of Steel. Uh, yeah, I got the big one. It came with a special case and that, and some sort of some keyboard or something. I don't know. Not a real keyboard, a fake keyboard. I got the big one, the big boy, because uh, I'm hoping eventually to use the SD card slot to install Windows and run Game Pass uh, on it. Uh, supposedly, Windows support is coming to the Steam Deck. 
Does it Val- not work? I thought people said it already works. I don't know. Valve's trying to add it natively. I don't know if it actually works yet. I haven't had time to research that because I got the Steam Deck, I turned it on, and I've been playing games. <laughs> I have a... Who needs to mod it when you can just do the normal thing and it works good? Yeah, I have an extensive library. The question is finding the games that I think are going to work well on it, right? There's only 80 of the 400 games in my library that say they work well on Steam Deck. So um, even then I look at some of them and I'm like, I I want to play that on a keyboard and mouse. I don't know why you'd want to play that on the controller. I, I bet a lot of them work better than you think. The stuff I've seen from people with Steam Decks online are basically people being like, this thing is amazing, I love it, I it's like a Switch but actually has good hardware and I can play games good on it. Well, it has good hardware if you got the right fan that doesn't sound like a jet engine. Uh, and you don't mind the weird keyboard. I mean, what and, are you using a keyboard for, right? It's a controller. No, I know, but you still have to do things like through steam right like you want to download a game you have to go into steam and search it and download it and steam people... has a big picture mode yes i i understand that but you still have to type the name of a thing and then the, it brings up a keyboard i see i see like the touch keyboard yeah mean. a touch keyboard yeah okay. i mean got you it, can plug it. in a keyboard with a USB-C cable that is allowed uh it supports keyboard and mouse natively um you can just set it up on the desk and be like i want to use a keyboard and mouse and plug it in that that is an option and i assume once the dock comes out it'll make it even easier but i don't know why you would do that uh you know it's got decent hardware i'm it gets very hot i got the good fan so i don't hear the fan at all really especially in a room with normal things going on i don't hear it at all um it does load for a long time so like if you if you put it in sleep mode it's okay uh, it doesn't take any time to wake up because I have the the good NVMe. But like, if you shut it off, shut it off. It takes a long time to boot, and it also takes a long time to boot games. Like even simple games can take a long time to boot. I mean, those are caveats. Uh, just things to know. It doesn't bother me any. It takes probably about just as long to load them on a Switch. Speaking of a Switch, uh, I put them side by side. I gotta say, the Switch is more. Co- more comfortable to hold for a long time uh the weight is far less yeah, i was gonna say it's probably <laughs> because of the weight right this thing is heavy i imagine it yeah it's it's uh-huh. quite heavy and thick and the steam the you know the switch is made to be for kids and light and, and it shows the difference between the two of them so i think it's neither one is good or bad it's a difference right it's a difference uh, I've been playing a lot of Pixel Junk Monsters, which is an old game, but seemed like it would be perfect for this. One, it's perfect for this. <laughs> it's just, I don't know if you've played Pixel Junk Monsters. It's a TD, a tower defense game. Okay. Um, Got it. And I think it was originally designed for consoles. And so you just sort of move around with a character and put tower towers down. Uh, it's relatively hard if you want to be great at it so like if you want to get a perfect score and not take any damage it's it's relatively hard uh, to do all the things it requires of you pixel junk monsters interesting game i don't know that we have a ton of time to talk about it right now maybe i'll save it for next time because 
I don't know if you guys watched the last podcast, but um, when talking about Horizon, uh, I recorded some footage and put it in the podcast. And the I thing saw I, this. I haven't figured out about Steam Deck is if you can record on it or not. So mm. I'm looking into that. And maybe I'll record some Pixel Junk Monsters for next time. But it's a decent game. I mean, it's an older game. It shows its age. It's not the best tower defense I've ever played. Andy, I'm going to need you to play uh, Aperture Desk Job. I was I was going to say I should have probably played Aperture Desk Job to do it, uh, but I wanted to be able to finish it before a podcast, so I was planning on starting it tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's only like a half hour. Oh, I thought it was like at two hours. My bad. Okay. No, I, I, think, it, I think the whole thing took me like a half hour. Well, considering I have already run my Steam Deck out of a full charge, I guess that means I probably played it for more than half an hour. <laughs> gonna go with yes yeah yep. going with yes yep yeah i i don't know that i am smitten like people are and saying it's the best thing they've ever bought or whatever but i absolutely think it's a good good cool thing right now uh it's cool it's really cool that it's like ready to run full games and just sit there and be like yeah just install it i did notice one weird thing i put in micro sd card in it I had to format it with the Steam Deck, even though it was already formatted, which is fine. Uh, but it auto-changed where the game installs went to the micro SD card. So if you want to install them to the NVMe, you have to go back in and change it so that it install, installs to the NVMe. So maybe for those oh. games where that you want them to run slightly faster, you know? It's reading some intentions there, I guess, probably thinking about hey, man, you put this in here, you probably want to put stuff on it. Yeah, I, I can't begrudge it. Um, you know, if, if, the, I'm, if oh, the Windows ahead. thing ever pans out and you can just, like, have a separate install on that drive, then I'll format it again and, you know, be more careful. Yeah, I, I am curious, because I, I have heard people say that it runs a lot of modern games surprisingly well, and I know you're playing Forza on Game Pass, so you can't test that one in particular. Yeah. Um, yet maybe, but I, I wonder if, you know, like people have said like, Hey, Elden Ring runs really good on this thing. You know, like games, like brand new games that like look amazing on PC. I wonder how they would play on a steam deck. Well, I could try, I think Ace Combat seven says it runs well on there. That came out in. That's new. Yeah. 2019. When did that game come out? 2019, I think. Sure. Yeah. That's relatively newish. They say that runs on there. Air combat game, so that should be look looking pretty. Yeah, so maybe I'll install that and try that out because I know I know that one said it. I think Metal Gear Solid Five also says that it runs on there. That's what. Yeah, that's 2018. Uh, no, it's older. 15. Than that, oh, that might be like 15. But it is a uh, a good looking game that can scale up if you have um, good hardware. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good point and something I should try for next time after I finish Aperture just Desk Job is try out that. They say Civ 6 runs on there, but again, I look at it and I'm like, why would I play that without a mouse and keyboard? You're nuts. You're nuts. Uh, speaking of nuts, mm-hmm. I think it's amazing to have come from 10th place to win a race. 
Hey, man. I think uh, I've we- said it before on this podcast, but that boy has probably the most talent on the entire field. Now, you don't win a race by yourself, especially from 10th place. Hats off to the pit crew and hats off to Ferrari for messing up. But Max Verstappen is the, is the one to beat any day of the week as long as his car is working. Yeah, I think Red Bull made, like, in this most recent F1 race, a really great strategy call. And Ferrari messed it up royally. Again. <laughs> a- again. Uh, and, yeah, really, really helped him out there. Um, yeah, so he was he was the beneficiary of, like, amazing pace in that car, clearly. And then also, like, his team doing everything right and the other teams screwing up. I mean, that's what do they say, Michael? Uh, what is what is the baseball thing where it's like uh, ha- half of winning is not messing up or something like that? It's a baseball thing. I can't remember who said it, mm, but it's yeah. basically like uh, it's the opposite of what Jean Luc Picard says, right? Uh, Jean Luc Picard's thing is uh, you can commit no errors and still lose, but like the the baseball thing is like. Hey, if you don't screw up, generally you win. Uh, F1 is not only a sport about like winning the races. You have to consistently do well because the season is very long. And if you are in a place to be, you know, like for instance, Mercedes this year has kind of sucked a lot. Yeah, they're coming on strong, though. They finished second and third in this most recent race in a row. Because they were consistently ready to take advantage of mistakes. And when Ferrari goofed it up, they were there ready to pounce. Mm-hmm. Right? And they were like, yeah, we can't beat them on pace. But when they screw up royally, we are there, buddy. And we're going to take your points. <laughs> yep. I was uh, I was going to say, since you mentioned Ferrari, it's to me, George Russell, I would like to see him start in like a 10th or 11th place and see where he finishes. It's always like he's magically near the front and then magically doesn't lose any position. I don't, I want to know how good a driver he is. I mean, you know, you watch Hamilton for a comparison, right? Last year, George Russell was on Williams, right? The team that is consistently in the back. Yeah. And he put that car into the top 10 frequently in sure. qualifying and even a couple times pole position with wow. a or like you know in the top three with a williams but you see a hamilton and, and that car was terrible last year but right? you see you see a hamilton and a verstappen right <clears throat> hamilton starts in seventh and finishes second overtaking russell Verstappen starts in 10th and works his way to first and pits in the 34th lap and never pits again to change his tires, right? Yeah. I mean, and runs a nine-second gap on people on tires that are 30 laps old. I mean, the the thing that you can't see well in the broadcast in the race is the management of the tires is so so important in f1 and you know some of the cars are just better at it than others and if you can you know run your engine in your handle your racing in such a way that you don't take the life out of those tires 
you will just be fast for so many races long or so many laps longer than your competitors that you can just not do a second pit stop. Yeah. And that's like 15 to 20 seconds or whatever. It's basically infinite time, right? Like you're going to pass 10 people not stopping a second time when they all do. Sure. So it's, you know, that's the excitement, man. And then the other excitement of F1 the drama andrew oh boy i'm already drooling over drive to survive man the driver market is heating up already <laughs> it's i was like oh, man maybe i don't need drive to survive anymore now that i'm watching this and now it's like oh no now i need the behind the scenes what's happening you know like will they have info from this craziness they i would assume that they will right uh sebastian vettel has announced he's retiring this season Michael Sebastian Vettel is a world champion driver. Uh, younger Two or three than time some world people. Champion? Uh, three, th- three time? Three time, maybe. With he's Red younger Bull. than Hamilton. Yeah, he's younger than Hamilton. He's younger than Alonso. Uh, I think he's 37, but uh, that's wow. just off the top of my head. And uh, just kind of uh, one of those well, German guys that doesn't care. And like apparently just liked by everyone. I, yeah. I couldn't see a single person who didn't have something nice to say about this guy up and down the grid when he announced his retirement. Of course, like, you know, everyone always says nice things about the guy who's retiring. But like it literally every like, you know, there wasn't you know sometimes people like, you know, don't have don't like literally everyone was coming out of the woodwork to comment about this guy and how much they're going to miss him and how great he was, apparently. I'm um, going to miss him because now Schumacher won't have anybody to to bro dad with. right <laughs> it's uh there's a lot of funny memes uh mick schumacher the younger son of son? michael schumacher yes yeah. michael schumacher's oldest son i think uh has been racing Old, for a few years only and finally has been doing good i no idea uh and has finally started doing well this year and there's been a real like dad energy with vettel like you know <laughs> being like good job son this kind is the like, stuff that makes Drive to Survive good, also. That stuff. Uh, and then uh, Aston Martin announces, like yesterday, that, by the way, uh, Fernando Alonso is racing for us next year. He's on Whoops. Alpine this year. <laughs> <laughs> We're stealing your driver. Sorry, dude. Uh, and then the question is, like, who's going to race in, in Alpine then? Now we got an open seat, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be. Who could it be? Hmm. So the the scuttlebutt is uh that either Alpine will take one of the drivers from Williams, and Williams will uh start Oscar Piastri, who is a F two champion from a couple years ago and hasn't gotten a race yet. Okay. Um. I assume they wouldn't take Latifi, so they would probably be taking Alex Albon. Please, no one take Latifi ever. And you think Alex Albon ends up on a real team finally? I mean, he was on Red Bull for a few years. I know, several I know, years ago. But so. he got he got shafted, according to that show. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a nice guy, and he's definitely way better than Latifi. And the other thing is that, like, apparently Latifi isn't long for this either. Is Williams going to have two new drivers next year? Hmm. Maybe. So that's cool. the 
there is also a word that Andretti Racing is trying to join. Mario uh, Andretti a, Racing? Yeah, man. As an American F1 team. They just add them or what? Yeah, they want to join the grid. But but like would they take over? You know, a lot of times people just take over a team. So that is uh, pro- something that I guess could be discussed, but there has been rumors about them trying to join the grid as a new team. Hmm. Uh, and uh, also word is coming out that uh, n- either next year or the year after, uh, Red Bull will be dropping their uh, engine manufacturing division to become Red Bull Porsche. Oh. Huh. Dear goodness. And- and the team that is currently Alfa Romeo will become Audi. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard that one. Uh, those are big, big sponsor and engine manufacturers uh, coming into the sport. So a lot of drama going on, man. It will be a very interesting year no, the rest of this kidding. year and next. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, we didn't finish everything today. We'll talk about more stuff next time. Because, wow. But what a what a week what a week you guys let's have another good week everybody out there have another good week tell us about your good week where do they tell us about their that good week and they could send that to podcast at we were gamers.com we will happily hear about your good week and you can tell me about mints yes what is your idea of a mint What are you up to, man? What's your deal? Uh, you know, I've been I've been enjoying this Octopath game. Yeah, it's you, it has been a lot. It's been a lot of fun. Are you playing it at your own pace, as they suggested, or are you getting sucked into playing it a lot and not taking breaks because it's fun? No, I mean I'm I'm getting pulled into play because I'm enjoying it, right? Not because I I feel like I'm I'm on the treadmill yeah but they, they got you upon making you enjoy it you know what i mean no i think i'm just enjoying it because it's a it's a well put together rpg so far okay like the, the gotcha elements are there but 95 percent of the time so far i haven't really felt it i've just felt like i've been playing an rpg that's that's got a, an interesting enough set of uh, set of systems that makes me want to keep playing amazing that it's free kind of yeah i know but that that i keep coming back to and it's just like wow they uh just kind of gave this one away i wonder if it's going to be like in a couple of weeks you're like so i've kind of figured out the max of the you know what i mean like yeah like i'll uh, i know i'll hit a wall at a certain point and then things will slow down because mm-hmm. they've only you know they've only put out so much content but they is they released another situation of like um there's a whole bunch of stuff in Japan that's unreleased here yes um, yeah so they the amount of content that released with the global version was uh is well ahead of what they released uh when the game debuted in Japan mm-hmm. um so there's a lot more to do just in the base game as it as it launched here um but yeah there are definitely uh side quests and characters and modules and stuff that have been released in japan over the last year and a half 
that will eventually make their way here. Ah. So yeah, really good. Uh, I like, there was, there was, I guess, one other thing I didn't mention. I really like that the, uh, um, so in battle uh, and in the, in the game as a whole, there are no items. What? You have equipment, so um, weapon, helm, armor, and two accessory slots. Okay. Uh, but there are no items. So all of your healing and status of ailment issues are taken care of either by sticking characters in the back row or by using uh, abilities to like wipe away status ailments. Uh, that's good. I mean, putting too much into a mobile game on a phone, you know, could really yeah, drag it, it down. Been, it would have just been bloat. Um, yeah. But go kind of hand in hand with that is if if you have a character die in a fight, uh, but you still manage to win the fight, they still get the full experience from God. Winning. That's so yeah, stupid it, when they don't. It's such a nice touch. Allow that in games. Yep. So yeah, enjoyable. If you th- were thinking about it, I would advise pushing the button and at least giving it a chance. I think I've got enough on my plate currently, especially now that I have a Steam Deck to take with me places. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, you have your new mobile gaming I mean, I've always had a switch as an option and it's not always an option, right? Like sometimes your phone is an option. Um, but when it comes to like, I'm going to play an RPG, it's like, well, maybe I will take, you know, if I've got that much time, maybe I will take the switch with me or I will take Mm -hmm. the, I don't know. I got so much on my plate right now. I got, I I, I don't know if I mentioned I bought an electric bike too. Yeah. 